Welcome to Ten Talk, an offering of Center for Self-Care. This is Mark Balser. Each Ten Talk investigates a meditation-related topic and is paired with a Sunday evening live online meditation session. I invite you to listen and join us this Sunday at 9 p.m. Simply visit www.center, the number four, selfcare.com and navigate to the Meditate for Self-Care link to learn more and join us. Thank you. Are you happy being busy? Or are you busy being happy? Of course, the answer could be both. It could be neither. But we certainly live in an environment where speed is everywhere. My minister, Reverend Neil Jones, recently gave a sermon about the tragedy of speed. And he began, if you live in 21st century America, you have to listen to people tell you how busy they are. It's a badge of honor, this busyness. The busier you are, the more important you might seem to be to others. And with the technology and the marketing of our 21st century life, we find ourselves addicted to speed, addicted to going fast. And the poet David White has written about it in a talk, The Tragedy of Speed. He writes, the great tragedy of speed as an answer to the complexities and responsibilities of existence is that very soon we cannot recognize anything or anyone who is not traveling at the same velocity. He continues, we especially lose sight of the big unfolding waveform passing through our lives that is indicative of our central character. On the personal side, as slaves to speed, we start to lose sight of family members, especially children or those who are ill or infirm, who are not flying through the world as quickly and determinedly as we are. Just as seriously, we begin to leave behind the parts of our own cells that limp a little, the vulnerabilities that actually give us color and character. Now I find myself running around all the time. Recently, I was running from one building to another to lead a guided meditation. So I found it ironic that I was rushing so that I could rest. And part of the point of this talk is not that we should slow everything down all the time, but to introduce choice into our experience so we can choose to be busy and choose to slow down. There's a wonderful poem from the Tao of Wealth. It's called Grant Yourself a Moment of Peace. Grant yourself a moment of peace and you will understand how foolishly you have scurried about. Learn to be silent, and you will notice that you have talked too much. Be kind, and you will realize that your judgment of others was too severe. So in this short talk, I just want to make two points about the tragedy of speed. The first is the cost of speed. We have very significant costs in our lives that are evidenced by 90% or more of doctor's visits being related to stress in our society. So it's a cultural problem. It's a social issue. And the second point is that there's a different way. 
that we can approach our experience from a different mindset that might keep us from being so busy. Uh, this week, I was reading an article or an open letter from Ariana Huffington, the founder of Huffington Post, to Elon Musk, the visionary founder of Tesla motor cars. And Musk has recently been uh, interviewed and talked about working 120 hour work weeks, working on his birthday, just being exhausted and burnt out. So Huffington sent him a open letter that reminded him that his visionary insight and use of technology and engineering had its limits. That if he wasn't taking care of himself using the same type of science that allowed him to make transformational change in motor vehicles, he was going to burn himself out. And unfortunately, Musk had a response. He wrote back in a tweet, You think that is an option. It is not. But is it? This speed puts us into our very human, but also animalistic fight or flight response. By staying up all day, by constantly checking our phones, by constantly being connected and moving, we put ourselves into our fight or flight response. We teach our body that there's something wrong because normally we should have periods of rest and work and rest and work. And so when we're in that stress response, that fight or flight response, a lot of things happen to prepare us for survival, but also hurt us in the long run. For example, our immune system turns off. Our digestive system doesn't operate as well. Because if we had a true survival threat, imagine 10,000 years ago you're being chased by a tiger, we didn't need those things. Didn't need to worry about getting a cold if we were getting chased by a tiger. And now we have this chronic stress where we're in that fight or flight response almost all the time. The research shows that the cost of this speed, the cost of moving so fast, has mostly an impact on our emotional reactivity. So you can think of that in terms of your relationships, but also in your work life and other relationships where you react out of uh, a sudden uh, instinctual uh, point of view, as opposed to responding thoughtfully. So we're really good at what we do but we neglect parts of ourselves that don't fit with our plans, our dreams, our goals as we're moving fast. It's the part of that that is sacred, that is doubtful, that needs rest and attention that we need to turn our attention back towards. Think of yourself of the cost of being on call, the cost of checking your email first thing in the morning, the cost of putting your phone right on the table and getting interrupted during intimate meaningful conversations. The cost of checking Facebook while your child or parent is trying to get your attention. The cost of not being fully engaged with the experience that's right in front of you. Now, there certainly is a different way. And one of the things I'd encourage you to reflect on is, what would you do if the world stood still for 24 hours? Take a minute just to reflect. What would you do if the world stood still for 24 hours? You were the only one moving. Everybody else was frozen in suspended animation. Even notice your reaction to that question. Do you find yourself relaxed, stressed, excited? It might be that you plan to use those 24 hours to catch up on email, 
do all the laundry, work on a deferred home improvement project, or you might choose to use that time to rest. I think reflecting on that question is valuable as well because you're getting insight and information from not only your mind, but your heart and your body as well. I think the morning can be a really important part of the day to work on this question of speed. The fact that there is a different way to approach our world other than the hamster wheel of accomplishment or attempted accomplishment. This poem, What to Remember When Waking from David White, highlights. In that first hardly noticed moment in which you wake, coming back to this life from the other, more secret, movable and frighteningly honest world where everything began. There is a small opening into the new day, which closes the moment you begin your plans. A small opening in your day, which closes the moment you begin your plans. What you can plan is too small for you, too small for you to live. What you can live wholeheartedly will make plans enough for the vitality hidden in your sleep. To be human is to become visible while carrying what is hidden as a gift to others. To remember the other world in this world is to live your true inheritance. You are not a troubled guest on this earth. You're not an accident amidst other accidents. You are invited from another and greater night than the one from which you have just emerged. Now, looking through the slanting light of the morning window toward the mountain presence of everything that can be, what urgency calls you to your one love? What shape waits in the seed of you to grow and spread its branches against a future sky? Is it waiting in the fertile sea? In the trees beyond the house? In the life you can imagine for yourself? In the open and lovely white page on the writing desk? To remember the other world in this world is to live your true inheritance. So we simply need to touch with it. We don't need to spend all our time, shave our heads, become monks, to connect with the refuge that we all have inside of us. Our culture is very binary, very stop and go, that we have to um, do things a certain way. But the reality is we have a choice in each moment. And sometimes we'll take that choice and sometimes we won't. But experimenting it with it can be really valuable. Jack Cornfield talks about how we can observe the waves and rest seated in the midst of them. We can slowly create a zone of peace, a place of sanity that reminds us that there's another way. One tool that I learned from the poet Naomi Shihab Nye is the concept of yutori. Yutori is a Japanese term that uh, means leaving early enough to get somewhere so that you know you're going to arrive early. So when you get there, you have time to look around. It's a wonderful alternative to the typical strategy that I use 
of figuring out how to get there on time by driving faster. So you might try it out yourself. So thank you for listening today. Please join me at 9 p.m. on Sunday evenings for an accompanying guided meditation that highlights the topics of each week's 10 Talk. Visit www.centerforselfcare.com slash meditate for self-care to find more information and learn how to log in or dial in. Thank you.